Hi everybody, Mike Wardrock from Encounter Church here, and thanks so much for tuning into our podcast. Our prayer is that through this podcast, you could have an encounter with Jesus that will change your life. And now get ready for an inspiring message from our teaching team. Okay, I want to bring a message that equips you because in Ephesians 4.12 it says uh, for the equipping of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Everybody is called to ministry. Come on, you don't, you don't seem convinced of that one. You are all called. If you are breathing and Christ is your saviour, you're called to ministry. Even if Christ isn't your saviour, there's a plan in God that is put in you for ministry. You have a future in God. And uh, I want to affect your belief system today. Your belief system, as I speak these invisible words, your eye gate and your ear gate will receive them and they'll go into your belief system. Your belief system is probably the most important important part of a human being. Your belief system will affect your decisions, your choices, your direction, and ultimately your destiny. Uh, Terrorism is motivated by a belief system. So your belief system is really important. It's an invisible part of a human being that's inside you. And as I speak words, your belief system is affected. So are you open to have your belief system affected? Yeah. Come on. <laughs> A few of you are not sure about this. Now, I want to speak from uh, Exodus and um, the journey of Israel as they were delivered from Egypt. And I've called this sermon the five Ps. The five Ps. And uh, we can learn a lot from uh, Israel's journey and uh, can learn some metaphoric pictures that can speak to us today. Okay, so let, if you've got your Bibles, if not, we have the scripture up there. It's Exodus 3, 8. Lovely. Now, this is uh, God speaking to Moses at the burning bush, and he says to him, I've come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up from that land to a good and large land, to a land flowing with milk and honey, to a place of the Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, Perizzites, Hivites and Jebusites. There's a lot of ites there. (laughs) I want to bring out the first P of what this was. This was a promise. A promise to Israel, and God still gives promises today. He promised to take them to a place, a land flowing with milk and honey, abounding in food and water, high-yielding agriculture, milk-bearing animals, for them to live and enjoy abundant fruit. In Numbers 13, It speaks of the grapes, the figs, the pomegranates. A land of abundance. God gave Israel a promise. And it's a metaphor for us as the church that God 
brings promises to us. Jesus in 10.10 says, The thief has not come but to kill, steal and destroy, but I have come to give life and life abundantly. A promise to you and I is that we have abundant life. And in 2 Corinthians 1.20 it says, For all the promises of God in him are yes and in him amen to the glory of God through us. Now, you'll get promises as a church and you'll get promises as individuals. Um, I've had promises and uh, I just rejoice in those promises. But let me tell you this. Part of the promises is giants. Come on. I remember... um, Oh, I can't move off of here. You won't be able to. Sorry online people I nearly moved off I'm a bit of a traveling preacher Um, I remember getting a promise from God I was riding my motorbike and it was like God spoke into my helmet I nearly fell off my bike and he said to me you're going to have a son and you're going to call him Stephen and I was on the the way to my mum's and I drove my bike and I knocked on the door and I said mum she opened the door what what's going on I said, God's just spoken to me. She says he's spoken to me as well. I said, what did he say to you? She said, you're going to have a son and his name's going to be Stephen. I said, bingo. Carol always, I just heard a whisper in there. She says, he never told me that. Anyway, time went by, Carol got pregnant. Praise the Lord, here it was. But she miscarried. And uh, I was rattled. It was like, what's going on? You you said I was going to have a son. Anyway, as time went on and we didn't have much TV in those days, she got pregnant again. (laughs) (laughs) But she miscarried again. And a friend of mine who wasn't a Christian came up to me and said, where's your God now? See, that was a giant that raised up in front of me. And I said, I don't know what's going on, but Jesus Christ is my Lord and Savior. That's all, I had tears rolling down my face and that's all I could say. You see, I combated the giant with the words of my heart, which was, I don't understand what's going on, but Christ is still my saviour. And I just want to encourage you, as we spoke a little bit earlier about promises, you have to stand firm and know that God will fight the battles for us, but we've got to persevere and stand in him. I'm pleased to say that um, Stephen is now married with three children of his own. So God fulfills his promises. Um, Israel had the promise. They had the Red Sea before them, but the promise broke open the Red Sea and they crossed over. The giants appeared to Israel. In fact, Israel, when they got to the promised land, they backed off because of the giants. King David was anointed as a young boy by Samuel to be king and it wasn't too long afterwards he had to face the giant of Goliath 
You get promises there will be giants. It comes with the territory. Because we have an enemy. Amen? But he has been defeated. So God makes and gives promises. The second P that we can learn from Israel is the presence. Israel experienced the presence of God. Exodus 13, 21. And the Lord went before them by day in a pillar of cloud to lead the way and by night in a pillar of fire to give them light so as to go by day and night. The presence of God gave Israel guidance and leadership. The presence brought light, illumination. Part of the relationship of Israel with God was his presence. They saw the presence. It was external, not internal. It was external, but the presence of God was with them. Today, the presence of God is with us. Except now is not external, it's internal. Come on. Whether you feel God or not, he is with you if you are a believer in Christ. How do I know this? Matthew 28, 20, I am with you always. John 14, 16, he will give you another helper who will abide with you forever. Hebrews 13, 5, I will never leave you nor forsake you. When the fire came above the heads of those disciples at Pentecost in Jerusalem, the 120, that was a sign that no longer does the presence of God be external, but now I live inside of people. Do not be Old Testament and ask God to be with you. He is with you. He is here now, whether you feel him or not. I'm happy for those people who are very feely and they always feel God and sense God. I'm pleased for you. Carol says that I don't have that many feelings. (laughs) But it's not a case of whether I feel God. It's a case of knowing what God says. And God says his presence. He is the ever-present one. So don't have your Christianity based on what you feel like because your feelings can be up and they can be down. Let it be that you base your faith on what the word says. And I am with you always. He's not going to let you go now. The presence of God brings light to us. We need the presence of God. We need to acknowledge the presence of God. As you're reading the word, that we we get revelation. In Matthew 16, um, Jesus said to the disciples, who do men say that I am? And some said, some say Jeremiah, one of the prophets. John the Baptist raised from the dead. Yeah, but who do you say that I am? And Peter pipes up and says, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus said, blessed are you, Simon Bar-Jonah, because flesh and blood's not revealed this to you, but my Father in heaven. And upon this rock, not the rock of Peter, but the rock of what Peter got, which was revelation, I will build my church. So we as the church need to receive the revelation that comes through the presence of God as we look at and read the word of God. Look, sometimes I read the word of God and I think, what was that all about? Come on, don't make me feel alone here. But God brings revelation to his people and upon that revelation, he will build his church. 
The presence of God revealing truth. There's the Logos, the written word, and then there's the Rema, the living word inside his people. Amen? Amen. So Israel had the promise, the presence. The third P is that they had the power. It says in Exodus 14, 21, Then Moses stretched out his hands over the sea, and the Lord caused the sea to go back by a strong east wind all that night and made the sea into dry land, and the waters were divided. Israel regularly witnessed the power of God. It's part of the relationship, the presence, the power. God's power delivered Israel from Egypt, sustained them through the wilderness. God's power is in the believer today. Come on. Jesus said in Acts 1.8, And you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be my witnesses, Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. We need the Holy Spirit. We need to acknowledge the Holy Spirit. Ephesians 3.20, now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that you can think or even imagine, according to, according to, according to the power that works within us. According to the power that works within you and within me. And you have the power of God within you. Jesus said you shall receive power. Now, that's not for you to have sparkles coming out your fingertips. But you have the power, and it's based on faith, hope, and love. Romans 12, 3, to every person has been given the measure of faith. Romans 15, 13, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit and love. Romans 5, 5, for the love of God has been shed abroad in my heart by the Holy Spirit. You see, every human being, every human being has faith, hope, and love. The difference is that when you give your life to Christ, you get the God type of faith, hope, and love. The faith that can move mountains. The hope that hopes against all, when all hope is gone and it's hopeless. There's a God type of hope that rises up. And the love of God, the God kind of love, is the agape, unconditional love inside of you and I. 1 Corinthians 13, 13. Now these three things are eternal. All these three things last forever. Faith, hope, and love. And you have that inside of you and inside of me. Now, I don't want to disappoint you, but you've got all you're going to get. You can say, God, give me more faith. No, you're not going to get any more. You've got all you're going to get. Yeah, but how much do I have? Well, Jesus said a mustard seed will move a mountain. So if you've got a bucket load, you're going to do a lot of damage. (laughs) And the love of God's inside of us, the hope of God. See, Abraham hoped against all hope. That rose up inside of him. For some reason, he had the God kind of faith, uh, hope that rose up inside of him because he was in a hopeless situation. He was 75, and he was, going to, he was told, you're going to be the father of many nations. And he hoped, he put his hope in God. 
At 86, he tried to give God a hand with Hagar and Ishmael. But God said, no, we'll wait until you're 100 just to show you. And Isaac came along. Come on. How clever is God? You've got it. Don't be like the Wizard of Oz, where you've got the lion, the tin man, and the straw man. The straw man, what was he looking for? A heart? Was it a brain? And the tin man was a heart, and the lion was a courage. When they, and they were looking for that, when they got to the Wizard of Oz, he displayed to them that they already had it. And I think in the church sometimes we're still asking God for something we've already got. You've already got it. The business is learning to get it out. Come on. So God gives the promise, his presence with us, the power of God. And the fourth P is the provision Exodus 16:4 We can learn from Israel then the Lord said to Moses behold I will rain bread from heaven for you and the people shall go out and gather a certain quota every day that I may test them whether they will walk in my law or not Jehovah Jireh Deuteronomy 8:4 tells us that their clothes never wore out in the wilderness how would you like that School shoes that never wear out. My theory is that the clothes must have grown with them. Because the provision was there. Abraham and Isaac, when they were on the mount, Mount Moriah, ready for the uh, altar and to lay Isaac there, Isaac said to Abraham, where's the, um, uh, the offering, by the way? And uh, Abraham said, don't worry, God shall provide for himself. That's where Jehovah Jireh comes from. See, God provides for himself. He provides for us, but through us for his purposes. He is the great provider. You are blessed to be a blessing. We can learn from Israel that God's provision was there. But in Philippians 4.18 it says, And my God shall supply all your needs according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. God shall supply all your needs. God is the source of everything that we need. The lesson we learn from Israel is to trust God. Because he will provide for 40 years he provided. He is the great provider. So I've said all them four P's to give you the last P. And the last P is the kicker. Because Israel had the promise. They had the presence. They had the power. They had the provision. But they still went round in circles for 40 years. But you you had all that you could imagine. Yeah, but they still went round in circles because unless you connect to the fifth P, you can chase the presence, the power and the provision and have the promise, but still go round in circles. Why? Because you must 
connect to the purpose. You have a purpose in God. Come on. God has decided to live in people. Look at the person next to you. Go on, look at the person next to you. That is where God hangs out. Exodus 33, 1. Then the Lord said to Moses, Depart and go up from here, you and the people whom you have brought out of the land of Egypt, to the land which I swore to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, saying to your descendants, I will give it to you. God gave them a promise, but the giants scared them off. We're like grasshoppers in their sight. We have to be like Joshua and Caleb and say, come on, there are giants, but we can take them on in God. We can take them on in God. There are many Christians, I believe, and I've been around a little bit now, that are still going around in circles in their life. They want the presence. They chase the presence. They even chase the power of God and look for the provision of God. And they declare it with the mouth. And they're good things. Don't misunderstand me. But you can still be going around in circles. The purpose. You are here for a purpose. Jesus said, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all the things of life will be given to you we are to bring hope to the hopeless we are to bring faith to the faithless we are to help the unloved and bring love We're called as the church to bring a message to the community that we live in. It's a message that can change lives. It changed my life. Some 30 odd years ago, I was an alternative lifestyler with long flowing hair. Just like to dwell on that for a moment. building a mud brick house out in the bushlands of Tasmania and the power and presence of God came upon me and here I am today stood in front of you good people talking about Jesus Christ that's a miracle that's the miraculous of God but we are all called of God for a purpose You are unique. There's not another person like you. Be who you are. Don't try and be like somebody else. Be who you are. And don't try and make somebody like you or be like you. We only want one of you. We can only cope with one of you. We don't want two of you. One is enough. You are unique. And we need you in the body of Christ to play your part. To be who God 
has gifted you to be. Because we want to see the kingdom come and his will be done here on earth just like it is in heaven. Jesus is coming back. This is a prelude. What's going on with the COVID-19 is a prelude to him coming. Come on. We're all going to get a new hairdo. We'll just go up in the air. But he's coming back. And we want to be ready in his purposes. Being about his business. He's going to bring the fullness of the kingdom to earth. And it's going to be something else. I've got a theory when he's coming back. Now I know you're all thinking nobody knows the day nor the hour. But you are allowed to guess. <laughs> There's three great feasts. Passover, Pentecost and Tabernacles. Passover, Christ came and died. He was the Passover lamb, praise his name. Poured out his blood, the currency of heaven, and paid the price for my sin and your sin. How good is that? Pentecost came, and the Spirit of God came. And no longer was God outside, but he came in and lives in us. I believe tabernacles is going to be the time when Christ comes back. That's just, it's not a doctrine, it's just a theory. And tabernacles happens at the end of September, early October, depending on the lunar year, because Israel goes by a lunar calendar as we go by a sun calendar. So get ready, end of September, Early October. I'm not sure what year. <laughs> but it's going to come around that time, in my opinion. So get ready. We're in September now. Woohoo! Come on. Yeah. The purposes of God. You might be here tonight and being wandering and wondering what your purpose is. You might not have come to a place of firstly giving your life to Christ. That's the beginning of the purpose. You may have been on the road for a long time and struggled with your purpose. It's okay. This is not rocket science. God doesn't make it hard. It's simple. It's got to be simple. Otherwise, I'm, I'm out. I'm a simple guy. Got to keep it silly simple. All we have to do is ask and say, God, give me that revelation of purpose. Or it might be you've been in a purpose and you've lost your way again. And you need to just be drawn back. I want to encourage you. Tonight, pray and say, God, you are with me. Your presence is with me. Lead me into the purpose. I am willing to go into the purposes for you and to see your kingdom come in my life and in those around me. Part of our purpose is to help the poor. I want to encourage you, if you don't sponsor a child, sponsor a child. Help the poor. 
tell you what, if we knew Jesus was coming back at the end of this September, we'd all be sponsoring again. We've already got four kids in our family. Sponsor kids, that is. I said to Carol, because she wants to sponsor kids every week, I said, we're going to join the poor if you keep this up. <laughs> I just want to encourage you. You have a purpose. God has not forgotten you. You have a great purpose. For those online, I want to encourage you. You have a purpose in God. Thanks so much for listening. I pray that you are able to hear from God in a fresh way today. We would love to hear from our listeners. To connect with us or to financially support the work of Encounter, please jump on our website, encounteradelaide.com.au. And if you enjoyed this podcast, don't forget to jump onto iTunes, Spotify, or your podcast provider and give us a rating and review. Or share this message on your social media accounts and tag us at Encounter Adelaide. God bless. Have an amazing week.